welcome back to Black Girl Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of The Expanse. We are halfway through our sixth season. Uh, this is the third episode, Force Projection, written by Dan Nowak, directed by Jeff Woolnow. I gave this episode a 9.4 out of 10. It wasn't as uh, tension heavy as the last two episodes. There was some breathing moments. However, this is a calm before the storm because the end of the episode was definitely a very high profile uh, battle that many have been looking forward to for a little while now. It did not disappoint how things played out. And I enjoyed the character moments because we need that. I, I know the biggest complaint I've been hearing is how the first five minutes are somehow wasted and i i agree with bald move which i recently caught up with their podcast where they're just like well i mean if i saw anything else that was being neglected sure but these precious minutes i don't know what's up with that statement a lot of people's like these precious precious to whom you because the show is ending (laughs) there are books guys i i get it if you don't like to read there's the audio that does it for you but i think when things end people just have a really hard time adjusting to that finality i saw james sa Corey tweet out like guys things end and it's okay for them to end people are way too hung up on the fact that they're not going to get everything that they want as if the source material was there yeah not in the show capacity sure but that's what an adaptation is I don't think people know what adaptations are. This has always been a problem in many fandoms, and it's sad to see that it's it's primarily the people who've never picked up the books that are feeling this type of strain. But you're you're just going to have to learn to deal with that feeling because it's not a, a, a criticism of blame or fault or criticism in itself. It is a storyline that is connected to the current events that are playing out and because you're not going to get to explore that storyline into its full capacity it's going to leave you asking questions that there's a certain sense of unfulfillment but that's not what a show is meant to do it's not meant to quench every thirst that you need to have quenched um (laughs) there is room for inference interpretation of or a supposition it's okay it may not be what you're used to expected in your lives but it's it's uh it really is okay and i've had books that i've read that end in a very ambiguous manner and it's meant to but with this show i really because of the source material and it's not J.R.R. martin's game of thrones Uh, Even though I recently heard some stuff about that, which blames the showrunners even more. But this is not the same case. Whatever PTSD you got or feelings left over from the last show that you were watching, you can't apply it all to every show that isn't going to give you whatever your expectations are. The, The show does go on in a different format that will satisfy that curiosity and thus the dramatic impact is not not even the same so i i cannot stress <laughs> how much i dislike the argument when i hear it and it's so prolific it's so prolific let's go ahead and jump into the recap though we start on laconia as i'm going to just suspect we're going to see the entire season if you haven't already settled in i also think people are very impatient with things that they don't know i don't know where this is going i don't know where this could be heading and thus it doesn't matter to me when in fact it does matter to the story which is being told and i think because people have heard again people get really weird when (laughs) they think they're missing out on something that's already there well, what what does it mean it was it happened after the 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 sixth book so why are we addressing this calm down relax be let the story do what it's supposed to do tell and we learn quite a bit of things in this 
episode about what Laconia is doing, which they kind of went into last um, episode. Recall, people were already heading to Laconia, heading to some of these ring gates for scientific research. That is what they were doing on Illus before the Belters got there. They were refugees, but they decided, hey, we don't have a home. We need to find somewhere to live and support our families. So they they uh, took Illus for themselves, but that didn't stop the scientific research teams from going out. And they didn't just do that on Illus. They've done it on several different planets and i think that's a little understated in the show that people may not have been picking up on so all of the people that are are on laconia are not there um due to the breakaway they actually mentioned it last episode the comm relays are down we can't reach back home so this new faction these laconians that they're already practicing even the small things in the schoolroom you know you may have come here from earth mars wherever but now you are laconians we are one people what does that mean i think we're gonna find out but they have no idea these people that are here about the tragedies that have happened to earth nor are they aware of this breakaway faction from the martian military one third of the martian military is what broke away and then there was another group that the breakaway part of the fleet were recruiting, which seemed to be protomolecule specialists that were handpicked to be here. And this connective thread to current events of what set them in motion ties into Kara in her classroom, upset about the songbirds, getting chastised by her teacher who mentions that we rely on you to let us know about the new changes, particularly on this planet happening in the last few weeks. She ditches Zahn to go back to the song babies and finds the drone fixed along with her purring new BFF who she deduces fixes things and who isn't a singular dog. As we see, he got himself a friend. And not only did he fix the drone, he fixed the dead songbird. What do you mean? I'm sure we all know by now that dead things don't get fixed. (laughs) So this is fucking unnatural. Alright? Very fucking unnatural. She's all excited. Oh my god, I'm gonna run home and tell them if they fix things. Like, girl, no, this is this is actually pretty damn significant. There are so many layers here, especially when she runs home and finds that her brother, Zahn, unfortunately has been killed. I told you to be on the lookout for something last episode. And if you were, you will know how he died. Continue to pay attention. This does indeed matter for those that are still, for some reason, after all this faith into the show, are questioning (laughs) what the showrunners are doing. Um, Laconia are doing, Laconia is doing things that are off the radar because the rest of the world is weakened and distracted. Mac with the UNN and MCRN fleets, they approach Siri Station to find it stripped of all supplies and food. I did love seeing the Martians in their gear, you know, the way they got onto the station, leaving the people there to starve in three weeks. Sandrani offers to speak for their people, with Christian allowing the restraints to be removed. The belt is too proud to admit that they've been played and abandoned by Anaros. They say they work for the belt and not for Marco, and that they share Dawes' vision of the future. So while Christian is like, yeah. Why would you work for the man that killed or assassinated Dawes? That's when they replied that, you know, we're here for the belt. Christian admits Dawes was a reasonable man and had a purpose, even if she wasn't comfortable with his level of violence. Turns out that this whole thing that Marco was planning, like, we'll be ready for them. 
he wasn't planning on staying this was the trap millions starving in a humanitarian crisis that if the inners refuse to address will only push more belters to marco's side never mind he put them in this position to begin with with but what can you do when you made it very easy for the belters to be abandoned once again by the inners and you have the only thing like food and water to keep them loyal i was in a group chat and i had to explain why marco's free navy isn't so much a military might for the belt as much as a superior faction from the rubble of factions that were already in the right direction of trying to get the belt some autonomy someone was really arguing well you have to feed your army so that's why he put the like there is a serious misconception about marco and of course it's from men and <laughs> this is to be expected i think that there is a gap still recognizing certain things certain behaviors that this show really leans into regarding humanity that we as humans are still still struggling to to grasp ourselves especially depending on what area of the country you are from or what country you're from it could also partially be just the familiarity with the experience or just the lack of education around such things but i do think that there is a toxic a very toxic um propulsion of personality types with male characters that aren't recognized or seen or criticized particularly in marco's case i think a lot of people just see him because you feel so bad for the belters that you aren't listening to naomi because apparently naomi is up uh, up there with jim holden which i didn't know about that because <laughs> i've never seen it as the most hated people in the show which is insane to me and i'm glad that i got with a couple of people that were rational <laughs> and could not understand this this logic whatsoever of how the people who are propelling the story forward and have the the most selfless intentions are the ones that people seem to hate the most i already went into my spiel last episode so once again i won't repeat but it's extended to marco as well he's not a hero and yet a lot of people seem to be under this impression he is like oh he's feeding his military for his people that's not their military there were no elections there were no um assignments there's no authority it's a one man as a dictator who admits everyone around him with the exception of two people are terrified of him does that sound like someone you would want to live under i mean i i feel as if our i are um well it actually goes back to my my issue with humans in general <laughs> Uh, with humanity in general is that we're not as rational creatures as we would love to believe that we are we are so still stuck in our reptilian brains that um things like being able to three-dimensionalize a character is a very um strenuous task to do and thus not many people exercise um their their brain molecules to do so i don't know and i don't want to say it in a way that i mean because some of them are blatantly just stupid i I can't ignore that (laughs) i try to make excuses for it sometimes or i'm really cruel and i focus only on those group of people but there are also just people who aren't they they just don't have the experience with these concepts to be able to uh, recognize what they are so marco he's not feeding his own army he's robbing people who didn't give him anything and leaving them without that's i don't know how you can rationalize that as as some type of moralistic decision but it's it's absolutely clearly not these people are out for themselves and they're they're um they're justifying their actions with this whole you know we're meant to be out here we're meant to be in the fight we're meant to be doing this but 
you are saying that anyone who assimilates or works with an inner is an enemy and you don't even have a solution on how to do it yourselves <laughs> your only solution is doing the exact same thing and becoming the new oppressor um i also realized most people did not get the slight last episode that while mars and hap and earth are happy to have a common enemy finally that enemy is naomi's people which is why she wasn't happy to hear that statement or wearing mcrn gear because now she's being swept up right in the, the the inners without her own voice being heard and that voice is the voice of those other belters that aren't marco who don't believe in this violent revolution no matter how much one might see how it came to be and why just because those are out there doesn't mean that you should just because you have a reason to kill all the the caucasian people in the united states if i'm just going after an oppressed people right you don't think black people or any other brown people aren't sitting in their situation and just want to burn this motherfucker to the ground we've seen in other countries that's exactly what they do but then when you see the restraint you somehow think that's a sign of weakness that's a sign of ineptness when it is a sign of a people choosing not to do what has been done to them no matter how much it's karmatic that's not a word i know but it felt good using it <laughs> because that's not the answer either marco is however using how the inners respond against the inners themselves forcing them to be benevolent when if it weren't for christians very smart head would not be as her second points out it's a it's his mess and thus we shouldn't lift a finger to help them because marco wouldn't do it and that's such a childish if you think about it argument that's what you do when you're well he did it so i did it too that's what children do adults understand the politics and that you have to stop you have to come out of your own um self-preservation like mindset rossi is on their way to series and jim puts clarissa in the rotation watch so he can get some sleep when she stumbles holden catches her they have a minute where she points out she got the mods to kill him and now they are taking a lot longer to flush out of her system i'm glad we introduced that particular side effect of the mods i think that there's still an understatement of what those do to your body uh but she recalls that she killed the first man that she ever killed was a really good man who helped her who stood up for her and she murdered him with her bare hands just to prove that her father was a hero by disgracing jim she knows now of course that was wrong but she can't get over seeing his face when she murdered him and she thinks that's the real reason why she throws up every time she uses her mods because she sees that face every time she activates them and you have jim saying well everyone has done something on the ship that they regret even amos so you're in good company and i really like this reconciliation between them because in a lot of ways this is abstract for jim yeah this is a person that did certain things but it was done at a distance and there it also brings home how the argument that a lot of people are trying to put out there like in the hawaii amos's argument is actually wrong in the sense that well not amos's um uh well no it is kind of because he said that you know i did the same thing that you did it's the same thing but it isn't like this person fully intentioned murdered someone who was absolutely good and did nothing to her because they were in her way she killed tilly because she was in her way um she was gonna kill naomi because she was in her way these things aren't and shouldn't be simply washed away because you did one good thing and it, it 
it uh, short circuits that idea of atonement because most people don't know the difference between atonement and redemption that there is something that needs to be done just because you saved the day in the last moment just because you saved someone else's life doesn't mean you stop atoning doesn't mean you don't feel that regret anymore and see people in tv are so easy to want to wash the slate clean when a character does something that just makes you feel good but it doesn't mean the character themselves or in reality they should be moving on from that they should feel nothing going forward and that's the same with amos that's the same with naomi these are people who have done things <laughs> that are that they don't wash away on their souls as easily as a fandom does and their characterizations are going to continue to stay very consistent with that i think someone said last week in a podcast as i love listening to um which i meant to get i forgot it was coming back uh but um because i want to give a shout out to them i always love giving shout outs to other podcasts that i listen to because i do, do love listening to them but tales from the rasinante i think no <laughs> i need to bring it up crap but uh one of the comments was i feel like naomi has a stick up her ass and this is what i mean by maybe a miseducation or just willfully ignorant but naomi is acting like anyone with pss if you know anyone with pss you know the mood swings the irritability oh i'm sorry i'm not making you feel happy and frizzy and putting positive feats in the air because i myself am damaged i'm damaged i'm traumatized i can't just wish it all away because it's gonna make your enjoyment of the show 10 times much better because oh my she brings conflict i think it is tales from the ronsonati but other characters bring conflict but no one seems to be as uh as cruel with their wordmanship when it comes to anyone else's shitty attitude or shitty decisions <laughs> and you know it is something that book readers do have a right to be a little upset with the show about they're not the same worlds but at least feeling a little kind of way about it because they did really put every conflict that the rossi goes through on naomi's shoulders with the exception of jim in the second season he even he hasn't even had a chance to to bring conflict in it's all been naomi there's been plenty of instances where other characters do things that are morally gray or compromising or within the what they feel they were doing right in the moment and everyone's usually forgiven for that that's how this family usually rolls and so to continue to see some of this and it's only on one character's shoulders is a little you know you kind of robbed her of her own arc this whole conversation that jim has with clarissa you know that's uh what happens in the book between naomi and uh naomi and um clarissa so it is a little frustrating however it doesn't ruin the character if anything it it, it compounds where she was in the beginning of this like i said naomi's arc doesn't end here her arc goes way further than many others in the books and um because it starts with book five we don't get that build up like we've done with so many other characters her reconciliation of so much that she's went through and for tv viewers of the show a lot of people are feeling you know it's a shame it's a crying shame the appreciation isn't given for probably one of the most protagonist characters with the exception of james holden but even he starts to take a back seat to to some of the females that aren't getting as high uh, a praise as quite frankly they should be unless you're drummer but she got to get all the badass stories streamlined for other characters in the book so it is definitely more con 
constructed for a particular TV crowd. And I get it. That's what you have to do. And, and, and they're trying to also be true. Because I don't blame the showrunners at all. Or the writers or anything. This is just, in my humble opinion, a fan reaction. Um, and sometimes you can't give them complex material. Because they don't necessarily appreciate it for what it is. But back to PTSS. Um... I'm glad that they decided to go this route because as I stated, they don't really showcase it very well in things like sci-fi or science fiction. That's the same thing. I meant to say fantasy. <laughs> uh, they tried to do it in The Walking Dead and it always came up rather short. You can't half-ass it. You have to commit. And I think they really have committed with what PTSS looks like in a real character. Um, they're, they're not the life of the party. You know, they've given hints that she's depressed. She's not sleeping. You know, she's got bags under her eyes. She says, I don't know how much more I can take of that. A lot of people thought that meant she's going to leave the family. And I'm like, I don't... Never forget that she almost killed herself last season just to keep her family safe. So why would any... <laughs> so another question that brought up Tales from the Rocinante. I'm pretty sure that is the podcast. Um, but another thing that was brought up was... <laughs> I'm laughing because it was such a silly comment. And I'm, I'm not trying to trash the person. But uh, what was the, what did they say? Now I'm, I'm, the thought left my brain. Wait, what was it? <laughs> oh, that Naomi cares more about the Belters than her crew. Really, nigga? I really miss Alex. That's another, in these conversations I've been having offline, uh, another big plot point is the fact that they've lost someone who was more of the mediator between the group. He kept this family a family, and without him there, there is no one that is uh, a diplomat that can, that can navigate these strong personalities and force them to the table and sit down and have conversations. There's no one doing that. So that is also another reason why the tension is in a level that may not have been as high without our resident uh, cook, <laughs> lasagna maker, and peacemaker between them. Uh, I wonder if Naomi will make Red Kibble for them once again. Because that is the last time that they were all together on the ship with Bobby included and she made Red Kibble. So I kind of want to see that happen at the end of the season. <laughs> but uh, you have Bobby joining Amos in the mess hall. They talk about past memories and past attitudes about being on the cant. He's happy to get to series because... They have good noodles there. She realizes that all Amos knows is brothels, booze, and food. <laughs> She's like, is there anything else there? I never looked. I will say, while I love the banter and real conversations between them, like the way they kind of uh, love, sort of, you know, they're both alphas, so they need to feel the need to assert their, assert their dominance wherever they are at. So it ain't it. Prompts them to engage in this little tit for tat. However, I will say, and this is just a personal thing, the whole sweetie pie, honey, sweet pea, it's a little overdone for me. Only because it doesn't, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's consistent with Bobby fucking with Amos who's always fucking with Bobby because you know he feels in a in a way personally threatened by her but I'm not a whole fan of the whole sweet I I just I've never been a fan of that as a way to like once or twice but <laughs> more than that I usually start to cringe a little bit but this is not a show criticism more like a me criticism <laughs> takes away from the their banter just a bit the next scene we go to Noden, which we haven't had in forever i love seeing dom just in her socks sitting cross-legged on the bed 
Uh, he asks how she is doing. She says fine. He's like, fine's good. I can deal with fine. You know, because he really is checking in with her mentally. It's the only person doing that. <laughs> she admits that she froze and pretty much relived her trauma and that it was fucking humiliating because she needed to explain what happened. She asks if he would feel the same way if it were him. And she replies no, as he would do that to himself, very much like her. He gives her the Ringgate mystery as a favor to distract her, which she surmises back in her element. And she kisses him for keeping her mind off of what she is probably replaying in her head over and over again. All the anxieties, everything that's that's in her head, this task will get it focused on one thing and one thing only like mother like child on the Pella both uh, both Philip and Naomi were checking the news feeds about the current situation when she looked at it she saw that on Ganymede a, uh, a scientist was killed being accused of being a spy for the Inners We'll see that storyline come back into play. Uh, Philip sees that Marco has abandoned series and he fears how the, well, she was fearing how the inners will react. Philip is like, what the fuck? How is it that my father has, you know, callously turned his back on these people, stripped them of their goods, of their shit, after we committed to them as the backbone of the belt? Like, whatever we had going, you fucking destroyed it even more. And people really think that this guy's a hero. And I do mean, by people, I do mean. <laughs> some, uh, some apparently Marco fans. He is a great villain. Do not get it twisted. He is fabulous. But I think they give him way more credit. Like, oh, this was smart, you know? Is it smart or is it self-serving? Yes, it does something to the inners, but all you're doing is doing something to your own people. That's not supposed to be part of the equation when you're being a tactician. <laughs> not some have to suffer so that I can be out here living my best life, going after my personal uh, spites. It's supposed to be the belt's greatest achievement. It was the belt's greatest achievement, and he has completely taken it away from the belters. Marco is all smiles and assurances despite Rosenfeld's clear concern over the unexpected might of the inners. They rebuilt some ships. We're outmanned. We're outgunned. This is not something to smile about. This is a serious situation. And we also need to grab the supplies before heading back to Medina Station, which is where they are off to go where he truly intends to make his getaway to an assured position or a better position since he has a, a continued alliance going on with the Laconians. So his whole guerrilla warfare tactics are minuscule, showing how much he isn't a tactician. More like I went to every station, robbed them all of everything that was important so that we can head back to Medina Station where we have the backing of a mightier military power that can assist us. Even though you telling people that people working with the inners, like everyone on Sirius Station deserves what they got because they work with the inners, and yet this motherfucker's over here working with inners and relying on them for his own empire. He doesn't see the hypocrisy. Philip does. He uh, gets a private word with his father who explains basically everyone who isn't with us is against us. Those people heard what they needed to hear because we were never going to fight for Ceres. We can never defend it. But you said when they come, we would be ready. He is pretty much showing what he is, which is a class one bullshitter. Everything Naomi was telling us about this man is exactly how he's re like she knows she would know better than anyone and i'm still not understanding why christian hasn't utilized that information <laughs> i thought when she said when she was gonna when her they met up i for some reason 
I don't know why I got it in my mind that she would have Naomi's face on fucking TV talking about the man that she would know better than anyone that doesn't know him. And that's why I think part of Marco wants his son by his side because his son is half a Naomi. Half a Naomi gotta save the belt. His rationale for everything is so disgusting, Marco. Those people were doing all the hard work. He can't because it's all about fighting back. We're meant to be out here in the darkness fighting. We're fighters. We're meant to just die fighting. Never rebuilding. Not creating. Just destruction. Now I will say his hate of the inners is um, something that has that started younger. And has completely overridden any idea of reconciliation like he would rather die a martyr if he thinks that that is how his legacy would be played out but even then he has an ace up his sleeve because he talks the talk he doesn't walk the walk don't you know people like this (laughs) did i go back to the point last episode of how naomi had started the direction into the belt of being autonomous of policing them own self to being their own nation their own government of people that's why she gave fred the proto-molecule yes while it did end up in this narcissist's hands it was with the intention of exactly what he's supposed to be saying he's doing to further but he's doing nothing like he didn't even do it for the bell he gave it to and never thought for one second maybe those people might also have more of a a game plan in their back pocket than we than i might know about uh he mentions to philip that they share the same name i think this is a hint for book readers that things might go in a consistent direction he is able and that's also what philip is to him you're part you're just basically one of my ribs you have my name and thus your shame is my shame but no, it's not, because the minute he does something he doesn't like, he immediately tosses him away. You know, he calls him a coward, which we'll get to that scene. Uh, but you're supposed to reflect him. So if he is what you're saying he is, then what does that mean for you, Marco, if you two shared the same name? He is able to, in this moment, sort of, kind of, convince his son that this was always the plan, because it's easier to believe that this man loves you. So it's being in an abusive relationship. How many times? uh, That's another thing that I think there's not just emotional abuse or not just physical abuse. Emotional abuse is a thing. And it's so it's it's another thing that's not very given as much um, spotlight to understand. Uh, But anyone who's ever been in it or a lot of women know um, how unhealthy this is. You know, because all the all the things that Philip is thinking, you know, uh, he knows what he's hearing is wrong. However, how can you believe this person that loves you? You have to believe that they have a plan. You can't believe that, you know, you allowed yourself to be a fool. That is not easy to admit. It's easy when you're sitting on your couch <laughs> and judging people not in a situation but I, I, I view TV, and I think maybe that's another, just a, just a difference in viewing television. I view TV as if these people are real and tangible and flesh, right? At least with characterizations. I, I can't pretend that, oh, it doesn't matter because it's kind of, you know, not real. This is a monster in all of his form. He has no vision. His only goal is to hurt people because he's been humiliated in his own psyche for so long that there is no room for anything further. We move to the Tynan and the Enazami, which is Walker's ship. I googled it because last episode I found out that the title meant something. Uh, It's a creator deity creation and death in Japanese mythology so don't know how that plays in but hopefully it will uh while drummer and walker discuss the ships of galt that are with them and their um their munitions 
Michio watches Pastor Anna on Earth making an appeal. Uh, I forgot to mention uh, from the Hammurabi. She was there. I'm, I'm loving the all the callbacks to previous seasons. You even got the one guy on the ship with, uh, with Christian who kind of looks like... Oh, what's his face? Oh, I knew his name. And I'm... Why am I blinking? Oh, I hate when that happens. I'll remember. Uh shit the black guy you guys know who i'm talking not salvador but they all had the same fucking name that's why i can't remember him shit hold please it was admiral Salder. it was gonna bother me so i had to stop and find it and it was right in my brain and i'm so mad so yeah um i love all of these callbacks i forgot uh her name and I didn't look it up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I already had to look up one. I ain't looking up any more names. But I was glad to see her back. Uh, she only had one line. But. <laughs> she's like it's a trap. While Drummer and Walker discuss. Uh, we have Michio looking. At the interview with Pastor Anna on Earth. Making an appeal for all of them to work together through these hard times. Michio, I will seriously kill for that girl. She is so sweet and so pretty. She is far more empathetic and has been. While Joseph welcomes the inners to the belt, a little less empathetic. I think it's okay to be both. While he isn't for being, you know, all Marco, let's kill them all. It's not like the inners didn't also bring the wrath of someone like Marco on themselves. I mean, let's go back in history. I think it is easy from season to season to misrecall all the events that occurred including naomi saving earth and mars by calling fred johnson on taco station to help with those missiles that he had you know what i'm saying but you know all she ever did was make the situation worse apparently y'all know i'm a fan not a stand because i will criticize her as well <laughs> i think her biggest issue is that and i think i mentioned that last episode i think sometimes though when you're so broken it's not easy to open your mouth and be vulnerable it's just it's i don't know what universe people are and they think time somehow is supposed to make it easier it it doesn't and i think unless you've been through it you you won't know you won't and it's okay going back to my other point but you have this idea that i mean you forget that um you know the belt has done so much for the inner's own personal shit fest against each other mars and mars and earth were at each other's throats for a very long time trying to be the dominant force in the in the solar system and due to their trying to be dominant you know the belt was guinea pigs while they played out their own prejudices against each other, they were just aligned on their prejudice against the belt. And in in uh, in lieu of that, they still saved their planets, and in return, continued to get scraps. Why wouldn't they still? Why wouldn't it take them a minute to get over those particular feelings? Generational hate is a thing, and it's also warranted in this case. So I don't blame joseph and anyone else who may have some you know may continue to to feel the bite from all of that you just don't forget about it just because you're suffering but i'm also with michio like that doesn't mean it's okay that we poisoned their water that we killed their children they're taking responsibility for marco even though they're not with marco because it's just wrong so she wants to hear these conversations and then even them debating it between them they're like sorry captain we didn't mean to bother you with our conflict but that's also what what family does and it's another thing that is a loss in dying hopefully not it's not because i i sometimes am a little dramatic on my side as well because if that was the truth and it really was deteriorating then we would be moving further backwards even though there are strong strong opposing forces that are trying to make that exactly happen but there are enough of our, us out there 
that are able to have a difference of opinion with someone and still have a conversation still listen you know um i was in a group chat where there were a lot of differing opinions on the youtube station and now one person had the same ideas but we still had a conversation we still were cordial to each other and while we didn't agree we could see where the other person is coming from it's good to even hear it oh i never thought of it like that i don't agree with that perspective maybe not now maybe never but maybe in two fucking years that information might become relevant to you you don't know but if the conversations aren't being had or the conversation is only about things that people agree with you on then it's you're doing a disservice to your own growth and wisdom it needs to be it needs to be discussed i ideas ideology needs to be discussed from all points of view and perspectives for no other reason for than intelligence right to come out of our naturally irrational brains our naturally um mini biases that is not simply a a finished project but a work in progress Christian is updated on the situation. That's all we got from Drummer this week. There um more people uh, Golden Bow have joined her side. So it's time to go hunting. Christian is updated on the situation on series while the Belters are not happy, they are compliant. Monica is heading out for another story and I'm going to get what I want and I'm so happy now as it's clear that Monica knows she's being used by Christian. Uh, with the whole Anna fluff piece like oh yeah you you went to the right person to get that story and to change people's minds and she is the one that helped everyone in the belt uh, or she kept help, helped people come together in a time of crisis but Monica cares about the belt as well and you can tell cuz she speaks their language she doesn't need to pick up google translate to understand what they're saying There's the showboating and I think she fully understands where Christian is coming from. Yes, we need to try to get the belters to understand that we are one people, right? We are one ship as the bonus content is is propping us up for. But then there's the the propaganda and then there's the real life stories to understand these people and their culture and what drives them, what motivates them so that you don't then make another Marco Anaros. There's someone that's going to be more than willing to take his place. You don't cut off one head of the snake and don't think that someone else might step in his place. And that's where I think the Earthers primarily focus on Earth are still struggling with and we see that happening despite everything that has gone on. They're naturally feeling some type of way. the the message if you keep putting it out there of earth 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 well what about the people that would have been just good and never would have been on Marco's side in the first place if earth or mars treated them like people at any given time in the last centuries of their very short-lived hard existence and i think that the inner still even after this time understand that part and that's what i believe Monica is committed to and why I really wanted that story arc that she seems to be inclined to to make happen and I'm glad because it should be more they have to get out of this occupationist colonist type of idea mindset when it comes to these people and the fact that they don't even know how to talk to them they don't have any understanding who they are other than Su- the suffering that's the only time that they can make common ground that's sad it shouldn't be the suffering it should be what makes them all human so i'm glad that they're not abandoning that story or cuz i would have been really kind of uh, upset about it back to that story in a bit though we head back to the pella where it picks up a drive signature all alone they think it's just a duster however when he realized it was the rasanante Oh, man.
Did you see his eyeballs, the way he was walking around? Not only does he have more ships right now for the advantage, he wants to stick his dick on this problem. He ain't trying to hear Rosenfeld about how this is not necessary. It's out of our way. It's not strategic. It will only delay their already perilous plans. But Marco will not be swayed by this chance and challenges Philip with the guns because he intends to wipe any trace of his mother from him by making him kill her. You're sick. So I see something is wrong with you. Yeah. You have a problem and you should have yourself checked. Yeah. Well, probably. And people trying to tell me he didn't hijack a very, very worthy and very understandable cause for his own narcissistic uh, play out here. Alex and Bobby are in the machine shop when he gets a message from Prax. Prax, the plant guy. I love they call him the plant guy. About feeding the belt using a new yeast, which is why the doctor lady was shot on the news. Not because she was, you know, a traitor or anything. She just came up with an alternative to feed the belt. And Marco was not hearing that shit. He killed her for that information. Belt comes through once again, though, for humanity. So the idea that they would not get any autonomy after this. Anyone would be pissed in their position. Like, how many times do we need to bail y'all motherfuckers out? He gets the information to Chrissy as Amos marvels that good people just do good things, I guess. <laughs> He's still coming to that conclusion. Uh, they joke on the nicknames they give Christian. Christian and or Chrissy and old lady, but neither one. He's like, well, at least I say it to her face. You don't. Naomi wakes Jim to show him that the data she has been reviewing has a pattern that at a certain capacity of ships transporting the ring space, a hole opens and swallows them. But then it is repaired and another ring opens. He, she's not an expert, so she can't say anything definitively about why this is happening, but he knows someone who is. And I'm like, oh, we gonna get a, we gonna get an LV? We gonna get an LV on the screen? Just as they are looking at this information, Clarissa warns of the approaching vessels and Holden tells them to suit up because it's about to get hot. As Naomi sees the Pella on her screen, Monica films two soldiers who don't even speak Belter, but have it on their translation app, given supplies with Earth and Mars, with the, with the message Earth and Mars are happy to help aid the belt. And it's definitely a good message. Of course, I want this to be what, like, Christian is doing, what she's supposed to be doing. But it, it is, you can't help but feel, once again, like, yeah, she wants to keep the peace for peace sake. Not to know and understand this culture and why they are fighting for the things that they are fighting for. I think, personally, she's there. But politically, she's still towing the line to get everybody there. And will she, in the end, do what she needs to do to make sure that it is an actual long-lasting peace this time? Because, hey, Marco is taken off the board, as I stated earlier. But what does that mean for those other people in the belt? And then you kind of hear exactly why they are uh, rather... Yeah, what's the right word? Cautious. <laughs> when the one guy remarks, are we here to shoot these people? Right on camera. Not even abashed about it. His friend's face. You know what? Don't even fucking talk to me anymore. Seriously. Monica's like, it's fine. I'll, you know, I'll just edit that out. I have a feeling she might not edit that out. <laughs> All of it has to be approved by Chrissy. So I think she wants to do something that's not, that's a little less uh, fluffy in your favor uh so as i stated she finds someone on siri station an older man at that and ends up speaking with him now keep in mind that the belt doesn't get too many older generation right because they don't make it they don't have the same lifespan they have half the lifespan of earthers so an old person on this station probably got a lot of uh <laughs> he's, he's 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 watched it all and there's not many who has. And as you get older, you know, 
many probably do go through that initial transition of maybe I want to be a little bit of a terrorist and then I kind of grow up a little bit and realize, nope, that's not the way I want to go. And I'm just trying to survive at this point. Uh, or you're someone who is like drummer or Naomi who really wants to stand up for their people because they have the intelligence to do so. They are the adults in the room that can see the bigger picture. Bombs go off and you just know that they're Marco bombs because he loves bombing shit. Further hurting the, the belters, but also making it easier for the belt uh, for say the inners to say well fuck this shit ain't much we can do he's trying to push everyone to his side out of desperation not even loyalty that's fucked up once again i was i was crying at all that water floating out in space it's like god damn it that's we need that so glad prax came through because we needed that water he is literally watching his child on the Pella, we're talking about Marco, take a shot to kill his mother in absolute smugness. You gonna learn today! Despite being farther away, a railgun shot knocks out one of his ships, or yeah, is able to cause venting in their atmosphere. The other stays back to help. He's like, well, we don't need them anyway. When his whole stance was that they outnumbered the Rossi. The PDCs are jammed and Amos has to go fix them, telling Clarissa, this is what we do. Bobby takes over firing control so that when Holden does his spin, they can pinpoint how best to catch them. She notices that they avoid the PDCs by going port instantly. And they realize what their opportunity, unlike Marco, he can see an opportunity. They can see an opportunity or she can. She technically is the one that spotted the opportunity. And then Holden saw it, and then they knocked him dead in the water. Congratulations, you played yourself. Okay, fine, in this instance, space. <laughs> the Rossi has an opportunity to end Marco, but as he sees the man who is better than him, as they come face to face, and he tells him to surrender, he tells him that I would rather die than live on your leash, but I'm going to go ahead and put my child in the frame as well. Now, was Marco trying to save himself in this moment? One could say yes. You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to kill me? But I actually think that this was just more spite. I don't care. I, I think Marco really does think in his overblown, <laughs> I'm going to go down in history. You kill me right now, I'm going to go down in history as a martyr. I'm willing to accept that, even though I would prefer to live. And that's why I think part of his brain I'm not convinced was just being ready to be a martyr. That's just what he's saying on the outside. Why would he then need to put his son in the shot? Unless the other side of his brain, which was being spiteful, like, well, fine, fuck it. If he does kill me in this moment, just know that Naomi, you killed your son. Or James killed her son, and that's going to ruin your relationship with him. It'll never be the same. So whatever decision is made, you best believe you're going to be the worst for wear when it happens. Bobby launches the torpedo because he says, let me give them a chance to surrender. If they don't, then you can launch it. She says, yeah, fuck this. Let's launch. But holding at the last minute, unable to kill Philip, even though Naomi supported the shot being taken, supported the idea that Marco was not going to surrender, looked away as it was happening unable to stop what she knows is the right call he's unable to do it so he ends up aborting the missile i don't know how how bobby well she was probably watching to see what happens but i'm thinking uh how you not see that they show it as a dud uh i don't know if we're gonna get a fallout from that or not but we shall see next episode <laughs> they all breathe a sigh of relief on the pella because they weren't killed but I think both Marco and Philip knew it was personal and not business that saved their lives, no matter what they want to tell themselves, because they know more about what's going on in that ship than anyone else on that ship. As he orders his ship to retreat instead of engaging in more combat, because he knows that he already fucked up. Like, basically, I'm alive right now at your mercy, and to continue to push it? No. 
Marco is already directing blame. It's the ships that got away that took away his, or the ships that got fucked up that took away his advantage. Like, I'm supposed to have three. That's why I lost. And then he blames his pilot. Like, I need a more experienced pilot other than my son, even though I asked you to be on the guns and not an experienced pilot. Knowing he wasn't an experienced pilot. Then he says, for shitting himself. But Philip is just about at the end of his rope. It's like, oh, hell no, nah, motherfucker. Wait a minute. I fire when your ass told me to fire. What else was I supposed to do? You want to get someone else for being more experienced? You was the fucking kill? You, I'm, I'm fucking 16, man. <laughs> this shit is on you. You don't need to, you going to tell me I'm a coward. I was shitting myself. Like that was the issue in the fight. Marco tries to tell him, no, you're a coward, you failed, but Philip busts out in front of everyone that, nah, you failed. What did you say? You heard me. The shit's your fault. We didn't need to be here. We didn't need to chase this fight. It wasn't lucky, because Rosenfield was like, they were smart. Nah, they was lucky. He refuses, refuses to give any credit to his enemy, especially if that enemy is James Holden. <laughs> Because you know you went up against the man and you got my balls in your jaws. Philip wasn't done. He said, It's due to your pride that you needed. He's like, We didn't need to do James Holden, kill him. Who is he to us? Nobody. Matter of fact, most people know James Holden. That's the fucked up part. As someone who is not only a friend of the belt, but has helped the belters. So not only are you going after someone <laughs> that is the least uh, the least enemy of your people, but you're doing it because in the end, everybody on this ship knows in some capacity it's because he stole your girl. And I'm pretty sure he was going to finish that sentence with those exact words before he told him that you are dismissed. I don't want to fucking see you get out of my sight. And Philip was like, fine. <laughs> And I know he had to feel bad. Like, look, I fucking committed to killing my own mother, even though I didn't want to. And now everything got fucked up even more so because of your ego. And you really gonna try to put that shit on me? Fuck you. Fuck the plane you flew in on. Fuck them shoes. Fuck the socks with the bell on it. Fuck them cheap ass cigars. Fuck your yuck mouth teeth. Fuck your hairpiece. Fuck your chocolate. Fuck Guy Ritchie. Fuck Prince William. Fuck the Queen. This is America. My president is black and my Lambo is blue, nigga. Now get the fuck out of my hotel room. However, you can't take them words back. Everybody already knows there's something going on between father and son. And I think that Philip, what he needs him for is to be that cushion for him. To be that full commitment that other people can see him back. When your own child is bucking against your leadership and your direction, then everyone is going to start in their minds wondering. And that is why I think I couldn't put a nail on it last episode when he said I need him. That is why he needs him. He needs him as his buffer and he needs him as his blame stick, right? He needs him to be between him and his crew. Rosenfeld also seeing what happened, knowing she said these exact same things, I think that for morale, she's going to want to try to reconcile these two people. But I also think that she herself can't disagree with what is being said. And she tried to say it politely. Here's it being said in a way in which your own child is telling you your pride fucked us. He goes back to his quarters. Marco, that is, shooketh. Then gets word from Medina Station. They've got a new weapon or a new ship anyway that they are tested, gifted by Laconia. And he seems to think that this is something he can once again smile over and he can use to, to prop back up his own uh a cer certainty or his own prowess as a leader i wasn't sure how far we was going to get with laconia but i think that we we're going to get as i suspected the answer to the biggest question who is the laconians what do they stand for and what does that mean going forward for humanity and i think that's a very 
very prevalent thing to what's happening with things happening at the ring. And that's all I will say. No feedback this week, but if you want to join in the conversation, blackercouch at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.